Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the mystery of the Oakville Blobs. That's correct, the Oakville Blobs. Now, this article that we're looking at comes from mentalfloss.com. Written by Jake Ross on October 3rd, 2022. It says, Weird Weather, Mystery of the Oakville Blobs. And it starts off the article by saying, In August 1994, Oakville, Washington police officer David Lacey was driving his cruiser on patrol when he noticed it had begun to rain. This wasn't unusual in Oakville, where water drops would splatter against windshields 275 days out of the year. But something about this storm seemed different. When Lacey turned his wipers on, he noticed the rain wasn't being swept aside. It seemed to smear, as though someone had taken petroleum jelly and smudged it across the car. Gee, this isn't right, Lacey told a friend he was riding with him. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Where did this come from? When they pulled over at a gas station, Lacey donned glasses and felt the substance, which was goopy and viscous. Somehow, the skies over Oakville had opened and let loose a baffling mystery. Officer Lacey was perplexed, but not concerned, not until he began to feel seriously ill. It says, were it not for the blobs, Oakville may have remained largely out of mind for most. Once a logging town, Oakville, named after Washington's lone native oak tree, was incorporated in 1905 and is currently home to roughly 700 residents. Life moves a little bit more slowly here, with one foot in the past. A building thought to be the last bank robbed on a horseback still stands. Locals come out in droves for the rodeo shows. Then it says, Then on August 7, 1994, the strange rain started. Officer Lacey was among the first to see it, but so did others. One woman stepped outside to find the translucent blobs dotting the ground. Each, she later recalled, was about half the size of a grain of rice. Most estimate... Most estimates put the frequency of the rain events at six over a three-week period. So this wasn't just a one-off thing. This is something that happened at least six times over a few weeks. And remember, I also find it interesting, they say that it rains here on average 275 days a year. And I think that's going to come into play later on when we talk about what caused these things. It says the substance was very mushy. Almost like if you had almost if you had jello in your hand, at least he told Unsolved Mysteries on the program profile of the event in nineteen ninety six. You know, you could pretty much squish it through your fingers. We knew it was something we would norm we knew it was something we would normally see because we had never experienced it before. We had some bells go off in our heads that said basically this isn't right, this isn't normal. Well, I would think not. Then the wave of illness began. Lacey said he became very ill with fatigue and nausea. Resident Beverly Roberts told the Chronicle that she grew curious enough about the goo to take some home for a closer look. Within a day, she said, she was struck by weird symptoms, including vertigo and had to seek medical care. Others reported upper respiratory infections and inner ear infections at roughly the same time the globs appeared. Now, wait, you remember, this is 1994. This is before, you know, the Internet became widespread in a lot of places. This is before the first smartphones came out where people could just photograph everything. So, 
the ability for people to communicate about this event was much more limited than if this were to happen today. Lacey said he became very ill with fatigue and nausea. Resident Beverly Roberts told the Chronicle that she grew curious enough about the goo to take some home for a closer look. Within a day, she was struck by weird symptoms, including vertigo, and had to seek medical care. Others reported upper respiratory infections and inner ear infections at roughly the same time the blobs appeared. So we can see that these things are definitely having a very negative effect on anybody that comes in contact with them. So that, that would imply to us that, that uh, they're quite possibly biological in nature. Everyone in town came down with the flu, Roberts told Unsolved Mysteries. Besides Sonny Barcliffe, the Lewiston Tribune in 1994, that she, resident Sonny Barcliffe told the Lewiston Tribune in 1994 that she had first noticed the blobs dotting black asphalt on her family's 29-acre farm. A short time later, her mother, Dottie Hearn, sought treatment for dizziness and nausea. Sunny reported fatigue after touching it. What appeared harmful to humans was allegedly fatal to animals. Roberts said that she knew of 12 animals that had died since the blobs appeared. When she collected some for a sample, she noticed a dead frog and raven just a few feet away. On the farm, Dottie and Sunny's kitten collapsed and died. So what are this stuff is? It's killing the small animals. You know, raven, frogs, cats. When Heaton complained of symptoms, her physician, Dr. Harold Little, believed they were the result of an inner ear problem unrelated to exposure to the substance. Still, he agreed to have the goo tested at the hospital where technicians found white blood cells. Now, I want you to notice something here about her reaction, this Miss Hearn, with her reaction with her physician. This is a normalcy bias, okay? It's a well-established uh, psychological phenomenon. Normalcy bias. She goes in, she has vertigo, so the first thing he says is, well, you must have inner ear infection. Because he's trained to believe that the simplest uh, answer is usually the correct answer. But then he agrees to have the stuff tested. So at least he was open-minded enough to have this uh, unknown unknown matter that she was exposed to tested. He says, where te still he agreed to have the goo tested at the hospital where technicians found human white blood cells. Now, this happened, what, nearly 30 years ago, but I still have found no logical explanation outside that this was a deep state op of why there would be white blood cells in this goo. And how did those white blood cells get there? Out of something that fell from the sky over six times in three weeks. Samples of the goo were collected, were also collected by the Washington State Department of Health and the Department of Ecology. The Department of Health found two bacteria, Pseudonomus florensis and Interbacter chloro. Now, Pseudonomus, I believe that's going to mean that it's something that's imitating another type of bacteria. Whether the bacteria could cause illness in people was debated, though E. cloacae, which is found in nature, can potentially be a pathogen. Well, if it could be a pathogen, I think it probably could hurt people. Before further studies could be undertaken, Health Department microbiologist Mike McDowell said the samples disappeared from his lab. Did you get that? Before further studies could be undertaken, Health Department 
microbiologist Mike McDowell said the samples disappeared from his lab. Go home, go to sleep, don't ask any more questions. Stupid. Follow the science. It disappeared. Don't worry about it. It can't hurt you. Now, this this really is is uh, upsetting and uh, concerning that you have a person in charge of the state health department who can't keep track of a potentially uh, catastrophic pathogen. Kind of reminds me of those guys that created the the uh, gain of function smallpox uh, uh, con- contraption and then left it lying around in a lab up in Boston a few months ago. Can't keep track of their stuff. Mike Osweiler of the Department of Ecology told the Seattle Post-Intelligencer that samples contain a number of cells of various sizes and that they came from a once-living creature. In contrast to the hospital's findings, however, Osweiler added that the samples hadn't been observed to have human white blood cells because the cells present had no nuclei, which are found in human cells. So it was something that looked like a human cell, but it wasn't, and it was alive? Hmm. Well, you know, we've had an awful lot of talk about aliens abducting people and trying to clone them through human cells. I don't know, it makes you wonder. Because the lab testing was largely inconclusive, other theories cropped up. One thought was that jellyfish had somehow been swept up, destroyed, and then scattered, either through some sort of natural event or something man-made. I'm going to put that in the category of idiotic. Another post posited that the Air Force, which was said to be performing bombing practice runs over the Pacific, had perhaps blown up jellyfish clear out of the water and near Oakville. Or worse, they were conducting biological weapons testings. Now, you see what they're doing there with you? They're mixing in a perfectly rational explanation with a perfectly irrational explanation. The idea that Air Force bombing runs were randomly blasting shells over the Pacific Ocean that were so powerful that they were knocking up uh, jellyfish bits into the sky 20, 30,000 feet up where they came down in rainstorms six times over three weeks seems highly unlikely. But the idea that they were conducting biological weapons testing seems perfectly rational because they've done it before. It goes on, it says, while the Air Force confirmed bombing practice by the 354th Fighter Squadron, it hadn't taken place, it had taken place 40 to 50 miles away. Well, if I can believe that the jellyfish can be uh, propelled by a bomb up into the air 10, 20, 30,000 feet, then I'm perfectly okay with thinking that they could float another 40 or 50 miles. That's but not what I'm thinking happened here. I'm thinking that some kind of experiment was being performed, is what I'm thinking. The most credulous explanation is that the blobs were actually star jelly. Okay, this is more uh, gaslighting here. Credulous. Best. The most credible explanation is that the blobs, that the blobs were actually star jelly. A slang term for a phenomenon in which things like slime mold appear gooey it can also refer to frog spawn vomited up by land vomited up on land by overindulging magpies. Yes, vulture vomit. It's been described as far back as the 14th century when it was thought to be the residue from meteor showers. So here you go, you're being you're, you're clearly being gaslighted. They're telling you that the most after they tell you what happened. After they tell you that oh, I, over six times 
over three weeks, uh, this rain came down in a place where it rains a lot. But this stuff was so concentrated that it got on windshields, it got on this asphalt roof, it got all over people. People got sick. Animals died. Uh, lots of little small animals all seemed to die. Uh, nobody can explain it. It had some sort of white blood cell in it. They thought it was human uh, at first. But then after the sample disappeared, they came back out and said, no, it wasn't human, but it was some sort of biological cell. Well, we know. How do we know? We have we have a possible uh, uh, catastrophic pathogen setting in a lab somewhere controlled by the Washington State Health Department. He leaves that evening, comes back the next day, and it's gone. And there's no explanation how anybody got in there to get it. Well, what else could people get in there to get? And then we're just being told, well, don't worry about it. So instead of this author doing a actual investigation of what happened, how the sample disappeared and where it could have been, he just leaves you off like a little kid, you know. Uh, here, close the window. Don't look over there. This is a distraction. Look over here. And then completely ignores the fact that this sample has been uh, stolen. Completely ignores that. And then pivots you to say the most credulous explanation. Look, Jack Wagon, it's not the most credulous to me. I'm sorry. I mean, bird vomit? No, I don't think so. And then he says, this has been going on since the 1300s. Really? Well, can you show me some uh, actual, um, can you show me some actual reports of that? Because as I recall, back in the 1300s, they were still burning people at the stake because uh, they thought they may or may not be a witch. As I recall, there were lots of bad things happening in the 1300s, and they believed lots of stupid stuff. So I don't really care about the 1300s when I'm trying to explain a bioweapon that happened in 1994. Just saying. He says, this wouldn't account for the blobs flying from the sky, though. It's unclear precisely how many people reported seeing the drops fall or whether they simply accompanied rain. Yes, it's entirely possible natural occurrence, like star jelly, was accompanied by a handful of illnesses and someone established correlations without any causation. More gaslighting, man. Okay, you, you touched the blob, you got sick, you died. If that cop saw somebody shoot a person, and that person died... The person who shot the person would have, been, have, would have been assumed to have committed murder. Or homicide, at least. Okay? So, this old notion of, you know, when they want you to do something. Like, I don't know, take an experimental jab. Then, any evidence will work. Even if it just involves six mice. But if they want to gaslight you and tell you not to believe your lying eyes, then they bring out the old saw of, Correlation does not imply causation. I heard that so many times in college. Correlation does not imply causation. Then why in the heck are we doing all these tests for? If correlation and causation have nothing to do with each other, then why have control groups and lab experience and on and on and on? It's a way of of just avoiding the truth, of denying the truth. Because on it says there was there has never been a concrete answer for the blobs or their origin. Though the event hasn't reoccurred, nor is Oakville the only place to experience unusual precipitation. In 18... Okay, now, here we go again. They're going to get away from the story, okay? They're gaslighting you again. 
Now, you, they told you about three paragraphs ago that they that a woman had collected some of this goop that had made her sick, and they sent it into the health department, and they where well, they had it tested to begin with, and they said, "Oh yeah, this got human white cell blood, human white blood cell in it." They knew it had been a human manufactured substance. That's what they said. Then the state department gets involved. That's always what happens. The person finds the evidence. They turn the evidence into the authority figure, hoping to get answers. And the authority figure disposes of the evidence because they don't want to find the truth, obviously. So instead of this author talking about what happened to the evidence, he should be drilling on this. He's sending you first down one rabbit trail, then down another. There has never been a concrete answer for the blobs or their origin, though the event hasn't occurred, nor is Oakville the only place to experience unusual precipitation. In 1876, meat appeared to descend from the sky in Olympian Springs, Kentucky, possibly the result of vultures flying overhead. Frogs have been known to fall after being picked up by a storm. The only other clue came courtesy of Jim and Kathy Bellinger, who reported seeing dead crabs along the Washington coast around the time the blobs reported. A clear jail was nearby. Both Kathy and her dog touched the goo, and both became ill the following day. It's weird, Kathy said. Well, it sounds like she got some of the same goo that everybody in Oakville did. That's what it sounds like. Man, what a strange thing. This just goes to show you, when you experience something paranormal, uh, UFO phenomena, even if you get hurt, even if you're a person that ends up with a clear alien implant stuck in you, or you get injured uh, by these suckers taking you on board a spacecraft, or if your cattle get mutilated and killed by these things, and there's no explanation, expect no help from the authorities. And expect no clear and honest investigation. I can tell you that. Now, I want to finish up here with this last article that was written about a year ago, January 7th, 2021. This is from kxm.com. It says, 20 years later, the Oakville Blob from Harbor News. It says, it all happened in Oakville, Washington, population 665. Here in Oakville, clouds fill the skies daily, bringing rain some 275 days a year. So when it began pouring on the morning of August 7, 1994, no one was particularly concerned until they realized it wasn't raining rain. It was raining tiny blobs of gelatinous goo. It came down in torrents, blanketing 20 square miles, and brought with it something of a plague. Everyone in the whole town came down with something like the flu, only it wasn't a really hard flu that lasted seven weeks to two to three or three months. We turned our windshield wipers on, he says, and it just started smearing to the point where we could almost not see. We both looked at each other and we said, gee, this isn't right. We're right in the middle of nowhere, basically, and where did this come from? That's a cop topping. This substance was very mushy, almost like you had a jello in your hand. You know, you could you could pretty much squish it through your fingers. We knew it wasn't something we would normally see because we had never experienced it before. We had some bells go off in our heads that said that basically this isn't right. This isn't normal. Now listen, if that was bird vomit, that would have been an awful lot of birds to produce that much vomit. And secondly, if that was diced up jellyfish, then wouldn't there be a little stinging involved? Wouldn't they have been able to test that stuff pretty quickly and say, yeah, this looks like it came from a jellyfish? He says, we found two organisms, Pseudomonasus florensis and Enterobacter cloatia, said McDowell, who added, these organisms could lead to severe illness. 
and it did. And apparently, if you were a small animal, it could lead to severe death. It says, before anyone else could test his samples, McDowell says they disappeared. How convenient. Just disappeared right out of the state health department lab. I came in, and the material was not where it was supposed to be. I asked management what happened to it, and the exact words, do not ask. Exact words. What happened to my samples? Do not ask. They didn't say, we don't know. They didn't say, I think we had a, a, a break-in last night. They said, do not ask. Do not ask. I'll say this guy working for the local TV station is doing a little better job than the last reporter. McDowell added, this material, and I have no proof one way or the other, was manufactured by someone for some purpose and for some reason. Oakville was chosen as the test site. Well, probably because they seem like a small, vulnerable place to hurt people. Mike McDowell has since retired from the Department of Health, and former police officer Lacey was not available for comment because he was told, do not ask. Perhaps the only answers we will find will be when Oakville or another local town sees this blob again. Now, a pretty good little short, short article. But the last bit, perhaps the only answers we will find will be when Oakville or another local town see this blob again. Perhaps the only answers that we will find is when we quit trusting sociopaths and psychopaths who rule over us and start to use our own God-given common sense. You had a town that was terrorized, that was attacked with clearly biological weapons. Okay, A sample of that biological weapon was acquired by one of the victims. It was turned over to the, the, health, the state health department. The guy in charge of that lab tells you, it disappeared, and I was told, do not ask. What Do you have to be a conspiracy theory, theorist to see a conspiracy here? You had a crime take place. You had people report the crime. And the people that were supposed to respond to the crime report were told, do not ask. Power above the power. If you want disclosure... Go out in your own backyard and look up. Don't look for it from anyone inside the government. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.